Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show on what is another sunny day in Dublin. Happy Tuesday. I hope you're doing good. What a show we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Our two friends have returned and they've got some music for you. And we have the absolutely wonderful, the hilarious Enya Martin has joined me for a chat. I'm absolutely delighted to have her on the show. You can follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at HelloStevo. Or on Facebook, it's Stephen Mullen Comedy. We've got a lot to get through. We've got such little time. Let's do this! Hey, Steve! You've change of filthy animals. Yes, you are very welcome back to episode 66 of Hello Steve-O podcast for Tuesday, the 2nd of June 2020. Um, what a, what a, I, this has been recorded on the Monday, the day before, and... I wanted to take a quick moment because while the sun is shining out there and it is an absolutely beautiful day here in Dublin at the moment, um, there's a lot of pain going on in the world at the moment and it has been a difficult week and I just wanted to take a brief moment to acknowledge some of these things before we get on with today's show. Sometimes it is very hard to comment as a comedian. You will have noticed on social media that I'm, I haven't been active but I just wanted to take this moment to be able to articulate my thoughts. What is happening in the US is an absolute tragedy. And all I can say as a person who was far away from the hurt and the pain of what is going on over there, all I can see is what is going on is a fight against evil. There is a lot of hurt and pain out there. And my thoughts are with everybody in the US as they negotiate this tragedy and try to come together to stamp out the wrong that is racism. Yes, it is my job as a comedian to talk about all the things that are happening in the world. And my personal philosophy has always been that there is laughter in dark places. However, there are some dark places that I cannot and will not go. And there are dark places where laughter is not needed. And laughter is not necessary. So I just wanted to take this quick moment to acknowledge it, to acknowledge what's going on, to send my love and my support to people in the US, some of whom are listening to the show now, and especially to send my love and my support to the black community in the US who are suffering again. 
Now, I will get on with the show. What is my job is to give you guys a good day with this podcast and to put a smile on your face. To make you feel some happiness, some joy and some fun. And lots of you out there think that I forgot about the trips to the pub. From our two very special friends. Of course I didn't. I didn't forget. It's just that, well, they they haven't been sneaking off to the pub. They, they've just been busy, okay? And I was sent this very special message from them to you guys. So this is how we're going to start today's show. Here they are, your two buddies, back again. And they have a little something for you. How are you? How are you? Now... I know there's lots of you, you're getting lots of messages here on the podcast and you're thinking that we forgot all about you. We forgot all about the trips to the pub, but the truth is, we hadn't forgot about you at all, had we, Paddy? Not for a second. The thing is, the weather's too nice out there. We couldn't be going down sitting in the pub having points. Absolutely not. So we're sitting here having a couple of cans of Drew with Glen. And sure, why not? And it doesn't mean that just because we can't go down to the pub that we can't have an old sing-song. Isn't that right, Paddy? Absolutely. We've been practising, and we've got a little present for you. So, sit back, relax, enjoy the cans of cider, and myself and Paddy here are going to take you away to another world. All right, Paddy. Oh, yeah, if you know the words, sing along. to have them back nonetheless isn't it they hadn't forgotten about you of course they hadn't but there you go they'll be back at a further day i suppose you know i'm just worried are they wearing their sunscreen that's what i'm wondering thank you to everybody 
for all your messages last week. And congratulations to everybody who was getting involved and running. Who's get, I mean, the weather is perfect for it now. And everybody getting so many messages from people who are out there enjoying their running. And so many people who are out there literally doing it just for their mental health. And fair play to you. It's genuinely the best antidepressant that I've ever had. But... As I said previously, um, I was a little bit nervous about doing the the episode last week on the bit on Jim Walmsley. If you haven't listened to it, Jim Walmsley was a uh, or is a an ultra runner, one of the best ultra runners in the world. He holds multiple uh, world records for running like hundred mile marathons through mountains and all that kind of stuff. But he had a fascinating story about how he got into ultra running and how really difficult mental health issues got him into ultra running. And so I kind of broke down an interview and a movie about him and stuff like that. And the response was absolutely fantastic. So thank you so much uh, to all the people who sent messages. And thank you to Lorcan who sent a message in who Lorcan is actually an ultra runner. So this is what's happened. I've just come across this guy, Jim Walmsley, and all of a sudden I get an education in the last week on ultra running. Not in the world, but in Ireland. So Lorcan himself is an ultra runner. And he'd lo- we had a great tra- chat on Instagram. And uh, he, poor old Lorcan, I, I wish you all the best with your recovery. He's like myself. Um, I think he's got a bit more of a serious injury, but Lorcan is out injured at the moment, but he's hoping to get back to his running soon. But Lorcan has run uh, multiple ultra marathons. He told me one race that he did took him 25 hours. Can you imagine running for that long? There's no sleep. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> So shout out to Lorcan who gave me loads of tips on the people that I should be following in Ireland because it turns out that Ireland has some of the best ultra runners in the world. Which, of course, because ultra running is predominantly done on trails and through mountains and stuff like that. So, of course, Ireland is going to have good ultra runners. So I got got educated on on legends of the Irish ultra running game like uh, Gavin Byrne and uh, Sarah McCormack. I got a real education in that, and it was such a, it was such a, you know when you're sometimes just proud to be Irish, it was kind of cool that you didn't realize, wow, we've got some of the best ultra runners in the world. The guy in the shop in Run Logic, who's become me pal, was telling me all about these guys as well. I talked to Kira as well. Kira volunteers in some of the ultra running events that happen in Ireland as well. Uh, shout out to Kira who gave me loads of tips as well of people to follow. And then I also happened to get talking to Anna who runs the Running Channel. It's on YouTube called the Running Channel. Now, why did I get in contact with her? Well, I kind of, the, the running program that I was doing, I got it from the Running Channel. And Anna is the one who runs the running channel. She's the runner of the running channel. Um, and she's really, like, it's really popular. It's, like, that's, that would be my recommendation. If you are just, you just looking to get into running, the running channel is fantastic because there's no, how would you put it, there's no, there's nothing intimidating about it. They're so nice. They're so down to earth. One of the guys ran for uh, Great Britain in the Olympics, and they're so down to earth. There's no, there's nothing intimidating about it. Anna is a lovely personality on the channel, um, and if you're looking to get into running, I highly recommend. I'll put the link in the description to this podcast. I highly recommend looking at the Running Channel on YouTube. If you don't know where to start, they are the perfect people to help you along. But I reached out to Anna uh, on the running channel th- via Instagram. And poor thing, I hope, she, I hope she's feeling better already, but she got really bad tonsillitis. But Anna wants to come on the show and have a chat about running. 
So that's pretty cool because she's well known in the running world, you know. So Anna is going to come on the show um, to have a, a chat about running. Um, and loads of people asking me for tips on running. I am not necessarily an expert. I know what I've learned in the last couple of weeks. But as a lot of you know, I'm out injured at the moment with shin splints. Um, I kind of talked about it on Instagram Live during the week. It's extremely painful. And the number one thing that I have to do at the moment is rest. So I've learned my lesson. I was running half marathons every Sunday and I was running 40Ks during the week and I've just done too much too quickly. And what's really embarrassing is, you're all going to laugh at this, but part of it is that I, I've, been cover, I've been going too fast too quickly. My fitness is able for it. I have the fitness for it, but my body hasn't adjusted yet. My ligaments and my joints hadn't adjusted. Therefore, I got shin splints. And the number one reason as to why... Oh, sorry, the number one reason is that I've been running too much too quickly. But another big factor is that I'm carrying too much weight on top. Yep. He's a fatty. Yes, yours truly. Hello, Steve-O of the Hello, Steve-O podcast. Is a lit too, little too fat on top. Which is kind of annoying because I'm, I, like, I've no problem saying this. I've got good legs. I've got some tasty legs. They're well-toned, not a bit of fat on them, decent muscle. They're perfect for running. But the problem is I've been eating too many potatoes for the last 10 years. And I had to film myself running to send it off to somebody to analyze my gait to see if, you know, why I got shin splints. And uh, he says, your running style is excellent. You just are a little bit fatty. (laughs) So, I mean, there's going to be plenty of us who are in this position, and it's obviously a, a sensitive subject for me, but I'm just trying to make fun of it and laugh at my my little gut hanging over my shorts, which I talked to you guys about that before. The truth of the matter is I'm probably not going to do the sub-20-minute 5K in the next five weeks, which I know I think I could do it now, but it's because of injury. I've injured myself. So... It's not happening right now, and hopefully I do get back to a bit of running this week, but there's a lot of icing going on, um, anti-inflammatory rubs and all that stuff, foam rolling. But if you want tips on running, I would say follow the running channel on YouTube, and I'll, I'll put another one in the link. There's another one, I can't remember what it's called, but there is another one. I'll put the link to, the, uh, to that in the description of this podcast. Also, I did my first video. I told you guys I was getting into some vlogging stuff, and I'm really happy with it, really proud of it, and I did it for uh, the patrons, um, and they all loved it. So I'm really delighted with that. I will be releasing stuff on YouTube and all that kind of crack. Um, I just need to learn a few more skills here and there, but it's. Um, I was excited that people enjoyed the, pa- uh, the video that I did for Patreon. They found it funny. I had fun doing it. And um, thank you so much to all the guys who gave me feedback on that. And welcome uh, to the new uh, patrons. We had Terry, um, Vanessa, and Verticama's Preacher Man joined up this week to the Patreon. So, hello, Dad. If you're wondering about Patreon, if you'd like to become a patron of the show, if you'd like to help uh, support me in uh, making the podcast and the videos, you can do so by essentially buying me a coffee a month. The link to the Patreon will be in this um, in the description to this podcast. And you can sign up. You get extra podcasts. You get extra videos. 
and we are all discussing in the Patreon at the moment how I will celebrate getting to 50 patrons. So I think we're at 13 at the moment. When I get to 50, what is it that I want to do? Somebody suggested today that I do a podcast naked. I don't know that you guys want to see that. But there's loads of you out there who are listening to the podcast. So thank you to all of you who have already supported by buying me a coffee a month. Um, you can click on the link in the description if you're a regular listener to the show and you'd like to contribute to me as an independent artist by buying me a coffee a month you can do so by clicking the link to Patreon in here and if uh, you can't uh, if you can't support me financially like that please do share the podcast um, on your social medias because that's a huge help and thank you to everybody who already has been doing that welcome to the new listeners of the show we've every week we're getting a lot of new listeners because you guys are sharing it so thank you so much but a very special huge hello and welcome to the podcast to Maeve Hales in Cargilline County Cork Maeve thank you so much for listening to the podcast and I hope you continue to enjoy the show. Welcome to loads of the new people who have followed on Instagram as well because of The Waffle House. The Waffle House is a podcast that I do with Des Bishop and Joanne McNally once a week. Usually comes out on Thursdays or Fridays. Um, but thank you to all the people who have come on board. I haven't had a chance to message you yet on Instagram. But um, you're welcome. I hope you enjoy Hello Steve podcast here. We've got loads of great stuff coming for you. Okay, now it is time for the news. Some news that's not depressing. What news have we got today? Well, this is probably my favourite one, um, as per usual. Oh, by the way, Ali did send me a message from Boston. Ali's in Boston, and she's been listening to all the other shows. And I did comment on why some of the weird stuff that's happening all the time in the world and all the weird, funny news that is happening comes from Florida. Ali messaged me today to say that, um, yeah, it's kind of an ongoing thing. Like, you know, uh, you know, in Ireland, we'd say uh, we'd... You know, there's Kerry man jokes. Well, in the US, it's Florida man jokes. So there you go. <laughs> Makes sense. All the crazy stuff that is happening in Florida. This one did not happen in Florida. This was reported by BBC News. And the headline is, Prisoner claims his life sentence is served because he briefly died. Yep. A court in the US has refused to release a convict who argued that he had completed his life sentence when he briefly died. Benjamin Schreiber... 66, was sentenced to life without parole in, uh, in Iowa uh, for, killing a, uh, for killing a man in 1996. He said his sentence ended when his heart stopped during a medical emergency four years ago. That is such a brilliant argument. Because, te- I mean, technically, technically he's, he's kind of right, you know, if he's to serve a life sentence, but he died briefly, you know, how many lives did he get his sentence for? The judges said Schreiber's bid, while original, oh, that's nice of the judges to go, that's, that's a good try, fair play to you, Schreiber. It was original but unpersuasive. <laughs> that's a weird reason to turn it down, you didn't persuade us enough. They said that he was unlikely to be dead as he had signed his own legal documents in the case. Well, yeah. But that he came back to life and then signed them. Oh, is that the catch? Because he went back and signed the old documents, then he's done himself over. In 2015, Schreiber developed septic poisoning as a result of kidney stones. Ouch. He had to be resuscitated by doctors in hospital, but fully recovered and was returned to prison. In Schreiber's claim, filed last year, he said that he had been resuscitated against his will. (laughs) Uh, Oh, great point. 
and that his brief death meant that his life sentence had technically ended. The district court ruled against Schreiber, a decision his lawyer took to the state's court of appeal. (laughs) On Wednesday, the appeals court upheld the lower court's ruling. It added that his sentence would not end until a medical examiner formally declared him dead. Fair enough, but nice try. Now, also on BBC News, they have released some new language that is associated with coronavirus or corona, corona energies. I don't know. Is that what you'd call it? But they're terminologies that have developed that will be in the urban dictionary because, because of coronavirus. So the first term that they've come up with is doom, doom scrolling. The hypnotic state of endlessly reading grim internet news. To be fair... I suppose the news is particularly grim right now, but I mean, you can doom scroll without coronavirus, to be honest with you. The next one is called Ronner Rig, a hurriedly prepared home office that you have rigged now that you have to work at home. A Ronner Rig. Yeah, the state of my bloody rig in this house. My bedroom is a state. There's microphones everywhere. There's tripods, wires, cables, post-its. Rennie. I've got a packet of Rennie here sitting next to me. Disaster. My brother it was brilliant, actually. He works in an office, and he knew what was coming. So he wanted to continue making the monies. So on the last day that he was leaving, before they were officially told that they weren't going to be coming back for a while, he just took, he took his computer with him on, on the bus home. He took the whole... It's not a laptop, a whole computer. A big, massive PC yoke at home. <laughs> Has it up in his bedroom. The next term is COVIDiots, the people disregarding public health advice. I, anyway, we won't go into COVIDiots. We won't go into that. Blur's day is the weakening sense of time when so many days bleed into each other. That's true. That is very true. I mean, as I'm recording this, it's a bank holiday Monday. But sure, what? the only difference is the pharmacy is closed. That's literally the only difference to every other fucking day in lockdown. Virtual happy hour is when you have a co-video party or time spent drinking with friends online. Quarantine and chill is just Netflix and chill, just nowadays. Zoom bombing is the practice of invading somebody else's video call. That's something that Zoom needed to, like, at the beginning of lockdown, they really needed to get on top of that. I don't know if I told you guys already, but I I had to do a a live comedy uh, thing on Zoom. And some young people managed to hack it and started blasting pornography through the Zoom call so that there's 30 people trying to listen to a comedy show, but there's porn noises happening all over the place. Man, was that awkward. Okay, I've got to crack on with today's show because we've got our amazing guest coming up, but that was the news. Enya Martin is the hilarious comedian behind the Facebook page Giz a Laugh. She started making videos just for her friends and for her family at home. And then she started to let out these sketches for members of the public to enjoy it. That was, I think, six or seven years ago. She started getting a few likes on her page here and there. And as of today, she has over 300,000 people are following the comedy that she does. I'm a big fan of Enya's and I only came across her work since I moved back to Ireland. I am delighted to have her on the show today. She's absolutely hilarious. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all the bits and pieces. I'll put all the links to her uh, social medias in the description to the podcast. We should absolutely check her out. And you know, I had never met before. 
but uh, we had a mutual friend in her manager. I worked for her manager a couple of times. And so I was always dying to have her on the podcast. And then when lockdown happened, I reached out. So we've never actually physically met in person, but we did manage to organize a Zoom call together and record our conversation. And uh, it's, it's such a great conversation. What you're going to meet is a very humble, um, a very cool and a very funny comedian. And we talk about all sorts of things from um, how she got to where she did, how she really just kind of stepped up and said, Feck it, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go give this a shot. And has been so positive about it, and how she even deals with sometimes trolls or haters. But I genuinely loved having this conversation with Enya. I want to thank her again for doing it. You will notice some gaps here and there, but that that's what happens when when you're recording um, over the internet. But you're in for a real treat. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the wonderful Enya Martin. Enya Martin, you're so welcome and thank you so much for joining me. I'm delighted to have you. Oh yeah, this is uh, the first podcast I've done in lockdown. So, Oh, is it your first lockdown podcast? How are you doing in lockdown? Uh, it's it's weird, like we're, we're blessed with the weather. Um, and I remember I was talking to, you, talking to you the other day about how much more productive I've been yeah. in lockdown. Like it's been amazing how just not being on stage every weekend has actually given me much more creative space to post more content on my page, which is which is where I started. Um, for those who don't know, posting videos and stuff and sketches, especially around like the current situation that we're in, I'm getting loads of material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're 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 prolific about it. Did I just see on your Instagram stories, by the way, that you've just been like lifting heavy ass weights this morning? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what what excuse would you have, like, during like lockdown, not to exercise? So I know I found that myself as well. For the first about month of lockdown, I was definitely getting fatter, and I was getting into the bacon thing. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, this is not a good way to go. And then I got into a bit of fitness, and I'm feeling a bit better about my body now. Yeah, like that's that. There's there's two types of people during this this pandemic, isn't there? There's those who like want to look after their body, and then there's the others who are just like, oh well, like. We're all going to die in the end anyway. <laughs> have another biscuit. <laughs> yeah. So you've been, so have you been doing a lot of working out as well as your content and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, like the days are a bit repetitive. Yeah. I mean, I do have a routine now. I'm going to bed a lot earlier. Now, early to me is like 2 a.m. What? Like that's early to that's me. Your, yeah, oh, yeah. Holy shit, right. But that's because we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're still on stand-up comedy time, I think. I still like, yeah. I wouldn't say it's early, but I'm going to sleep about half, half one, two o'clock every night because that's what we're used to, isn't it? Yeah, like that's that's early for me, you know. And and then I wake up at about ten. Like it's it's great not having to set an set an alarm. Not that I ever had to anyway, but <laughs> uh, like usually I kind of I'd be so busy during the week, like maybe going to meetings or like meeting up with my manager and just planning the weekend ahead. But now it's just, yeah, I've just been able to relax so much more. It, my manager made a good point the other day. It was like a forced rest we all yes, had to take. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a great point because I definitely have had a period of missing being because I would have traveled a lot and I've missed being on the road a little bit. But then at the same time, he's right. It, it, it is a forced rest that we just have to stay at home. I get to stay spend more time with my daughter. I'm I'm a little bit more on regular time and I'm not always... Like usually at dinner time, for example, I'll always start getting the butterflies of of oh, fuck. I've got a gig coming up later on now, and I have to think of this joke. Have mm. to do that, blah, blah blah, and that's all gone. It's kind of nice. <laughs> it is. It's just, it's it's actually just such a way being lifted off your shoulder. Like I found that anyway. I I found that I couldn't even focus on doing my videos properly or or think 
I suppose of a good of a good idea because I'd be just so like preoccupied mm. thinking, okay, I have to have this job now, yeah. like you said. Um, and like I'm actually doing my fourth show now since February on Saturday. I'm doing uh, as part of the laughter lounge. I'm doing That's like a right, driving you're doing comedy. The driving through, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel yeah, about that? So, yeah, like I'm. I mean, I was like I said, I was doing shows every week, so I kindly, it kind of felt like um, I wasn't that nervous going on stage because I used to be so immune to it. Yes, you know. Yes. Um, but now it's been such a while that uh, I probably will get a bit nervous, and I am starting to look over my notes and stuff. And I've actually got new material around the pandemic, so. I'm looking forward to see how that goes down. But yeah, it'll be a bit weird being back on stage. Amazing. So do you, is that, would that creatively, would that be the way you work? You come up with an idea and you're just like, fuck it, I'm going straight away. I'm going to try that out straight away. Or would you have kind of pack it in between like stuff that works or what way do you like to do it? Um, Like I'm going to open, I don't know. I, I think I'm on last and a I don't headliner. know. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, I think. But I mean, I don't know whether you can agree with me on this, but uh, like, I mean, you know, the pandemic is a fairly topical subject. And mm. I assume like Eric and Daniel, who who are going to be doing it with me, are going to have a lot of material on it as well. But because I'm a blast, I'm going to be like, right, will the crowd be sick of listening to Corona jokes or mm. is it just the different the, the different style that you tell it mm. in? Like, will it still be funny? You know, and it's going to be very hard to hit, re- read the crowd as well when they're all sitting in their cars. Isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, like, do they just beef? Like, oh, we like that one. <laughs> Flash the hazard lights when it's a good one, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair play to you. That is exciting to go and do that. And it, and it is something different. So, like, as you were saying, for those of you who don't know, I came across your stuff because um, I moved back to Ireland just over two years ago now. So you were kind of killing it well beforehand, but I just wasn't living here, so I didn't really know about it. And it was through Vinny, your manager, who I met, actually, that um, he was telling me about your stuff. And I'm a massive fan like of your stuff. I love it. It's great crack. Um, so just for people who don't know, how long ago... You said you started by creating content online. You started your Facebook page and all that. So how long ago was that? So that would have been a bit... <sighs> At the December 2014 is when I uploaded my first video to my personal page. And, like, I've kind of always had, like, a funny streak in me, like, especially in school. Like, I, I in secondary school, I came out of my shell a bit more. Yes. Um, but... So tell like, yeah, tell, tell me a little bit about that now. What kind of a character were you in? Were you getting kicked out of class a good bit and all that crack? No, like, do you know what? I, I used to love, like, it's the same with comedians where they start taking the piss out of the crowd. Like, everyone knows <laughs> it's in good taste. Yes. I mean, I used to do that with the teachers yes. and, like, with people in my class. And it was, I never, ever once thought for a minute, like, comedy is something I want to pursue. Mm. Like, I just thought I was, like, quick-witted, yes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, crack. I would always be looking, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd always be looking for an opportunity. It would almost come, like, instinctively um, yeah. when an opportunity arose in the class for me to kind of, like, make a one-liner or a joke. Yeah. Like, it just comes out of nowhere in your head. Well, I think that's an instinct of a comedian, isn't it? I, w- I would think so, but wasn't that the best feeling in the world in the, when, the, when the classroom erupts? It's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool, yeah. Yeah, well, it is. It's instant, instant feeling of, of um, acceptance that people like you straight away, like, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent, and like it wasn't even out of out of kind of oh yeah, I want these to like me. It was out of kind of like I just enjoyed um, making people laugh, mm, yeah, you know. Yeah. But never ever did I ever think like I mean, it took me a good nearly two years to even consider going on the stage. I was just terrified that I'd die on stage. Yeah. So like the, the, I kept up the videos f- for about nearly I'd say nearly 
20 months I'd say yeah. altogether before I even stood on a stage and um, it was actually Pop the Cherry like that was my first right, ever yeah, yeah, yeah. five minute set and um, I have to say I loved it afterwards uh, like everyone was giving me great feedback and I didn't even feel nervous when I was going on stage Dave McSavage was actually the headliner no they were way. doing it in the big room wow. in Whelan's yeah wow. and he was he was standing beside me and you know the way he's just so like yeah. he's just wired differently he, he is like, he totally is isn't he, <laughs> he, he I find with Dave and I love him to bits but he like I don't know how many times I've met him but he introduces himself to me every time like I've been in sketches with him and he like <laughs> and he goes hi, hi I'm Dave I'm like you know where the fucking I am Dave <laughs> but he's in another world like <laughs> yeah. I remember like he was just like standing there with his guitar and his big Mac like yeah. co <laughs> and he was like you don't even look nervous and I was like yeah no I'm what, dying Dave? on the inside <laughs> yeah so um, it went well your first we, gig yeah like and it's I remember when I made my first video like it was the same feeling you, you just you're, I was uploading them for a while to my personal page and obviously our friends and family are going to be nice to you yeah. and they're not going to like ridicule you mm. so putting like actually making a page and putting it out there for the public to see was kind of nerve-wracking because anything goes mm. um in cyberspace as you know yeah. um opening yourself up to like criticism and stuff but it actually went really well and that that spurred me to just keep going then so ha- were you nervous about that because i think actually because i would have been the other way around i started in stand up and started working my way up on the live thing and i'm just doing a little bit more now of the online stuff but i do find myself very nervous about that kickback have you like you know because as you said in the cyberspace anybody can say anything um and be they could be assholes basically let's call a spade a spade <laughs> but um yeah have you have you had any of that kind of stuff going on or how, how do you deal with it or because sorry to put it into what? context like i don't know how many how many likes have you got on your facebook page now I hate when people ask me this because I sound so vain. Um, I'm nearly at 320,000 followers I'm Facebook. just putting that into context for the listeners. 320,000 people follow your page. That's fucking ridiculous. That's so many people. And for such a small island as well. So it's amazing. So it's it's likely that some you are going to get some assholes here. So how do you deal with that? Do you know, like the, the majority, 90, 90% of the time I get, tr- like I don't get trolled that much now and, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for that. Um, I get it in small doses, but whenever I do, it's usually from like grown men, like really? 90% are like grown men. And I, it's always a picture of some guy like sitting in his G-Wagon with his sunglasses on and, you know, <laughs> like wearing a cap. Like they just, when you look at their profile so picture, you know, sh- hat now, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> like you just know straight away by looking at their profile picture that, yeah, they, they just look miserable and you don't even feed into it. Like, cause I remember there was actually a girl onto me who's actually built up a following quite quickly on Instagram. Like she's kind of like a, a blogger now and she was saying that like this whole kind of trolling thing is new to her and she doesn't know how to deal with it. And I was like, you know, any normal decent person like myself, I could not physically type out something mm. like so degrading and yes. send it to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's people out there like that, like they can't be mentally stable yeah. or happy. Like it's yeah. it's just not a normal thing for a human being to do. Yeah. And so you don't take it personally at all. You just fucking let it go. No, I mean, like, I, I don't think the my life hasn't been threatened yet, so I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not like so, ninety percent of as you're saying is amazing, and you're doing videos for two years. Um, can you remember your first sketch? What was your first one that you posted up? 
Yeah. Oh God, I cr- I cringe when I look back at them now. Like, cause you, I actually have like puppy fat and all still in my face, and I was about like twenty three, like at the time. But, um, yeah, I, I think I did it about. Basically, the first video was around a girl called Shanto, right? Yeah. And she's a character, and she's based on a lot of girls that like live around my area yeah. or group, um, that or that I grew up or went to school with. And you'll probably agree with me yourself here. Do you ever like go along your Facebook timeline and there's some girl in your area and she goes out with this lad, right? And he's an absolute scumbag, <laughs> like a walking scumbag. But she goes on as if the sun shines out of his arse yeah, yeah. and he's the best thing since sliced yeah. bread and he can do no wrong. Yeah. But everybody knows what he's really like. So yeah, I, I, I based it around their relationship, her and Anto, Shantony. And uh, yeah. So just, was somebody else playing Anto or was it just, was it just Shanto? Uh, no, like... Uh, do you play both characters? I did a way... No, I actually just... He was just this person that nobody ever met. Okay, like, right. So I just used to talk about him. It was like <laughs> these like kind of dear diary moments. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, like talking to the camera like this. Um, And that's how I learned like to kind of write jokes and stuff like that. And like I, I noticed in the comment section of the videos, everyone just kept quoting the one-liners and stuff like, right. look when she said this. Yeah. And that's like essentially what it's like when you go on to stage. You're just writing one-liners yeah, you know you're, yeah. you're writing like the the punch lines yeah. and stuff and yeah so i segued onto stage then after doing them videos at the start now i i, I did character stuff on stage because i was still kind of hiding behind the characters yes, yeah yeah um the characters were kind of like i didn't want to be myself just yet on camera yeah. because of the ridicule and stuff mm. and then yeah like in the last year or two I've, I've just started being myself more on camera and just doing sketches as me mm. and yeah so. But you're you're very very good at the character. I can't. I think it's the the ma that you do at the moment, and when like the, <laughs> yeah. the ma calls like calls the girl away on on holidays or in Grand Canary or whatever like that. And it's the, even the voice, the way that you've changed, the way that the mother pronounces certain words and stuff like that. It's so hilarious. That's my mom all That's over. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like forty years of smoking forty blue a day. Like. <laughs> yeah. And your ma is a big part of your comedy as well. Yeah, like you love having her involved. Yeah, she's starting to get into the clips more and I love that people love her. Uh, it, it's great to see. Like, there's just something about parents being in videos yeah. that people just love, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, that's true, uh, that's true, yeah. But she's, she's actually quite funny, like, so, you know, if she was kind of, like, really shy and quiet, it wouldn't really work, but she's just mad as a brush, so people love her for that. Yeah, 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 that's great. And uh, did you, did you uh, have you other family members that want to get involved that would be funny or do you just, or do they kind of, like, get me away from that? I do not want to be there. <laughs> Um. So, like, I have a twin brother. He was he oh, you're was a twin. one there recently. Yeah, oh, I didn't realize yeah, I that. Twin wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was what was um, that like growing up as a twin? Well, yeah, like we used to kill each other, but we actually get on really well right, now. Like, okay. um, he would have like the same interests, and he's he's just as funny, but like he's just not mad about being on camera, but. He he was he actually works um in a lab he does it's over in Sandy Mount. That's what you're saying. Sandy, they were involved with is this Sandy Ford? Is it Sandy Ford? Yeah. yeah, over the south side. Uh, yeah, he, he's working in a lab now that he he basically got an internship from college going back in 2015, and he he makes all like these flu kits and stuff for hospitals mm. and like he actually just made a COVID testing That's kit that works in like that. 40 minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's gas, and then my dad, like I would, uh, he would actually help me with some of my jokes. Right. I think I get like the the whiff from him. Okay, but he's just like incredibly camera sh- camera shy. I was going like, to say because oh. I've never seen him at all, but I've heard you mention him a few <laughs> times. 
<laughs> like, what was he playing when you were out sunbathing in the garden again? That was a gas. The Pogues. <laughs> fairy tale in New York. Fairy tale. 20 degrees outside in fairy tale in New York playing. So he's the one who, so he, is he kind of like a mentor, kind of coaches you through the, the sketches a little bit? Yeah, well, like, uh, like, well, I definitely get my quirky, eccentric sense of humor from his genes. Like, I grew up watching, like, Monty Python. Oh, right. Um, Fil- only fields and horses yes. like the life of brian yeah, yeah. Uh, alan partridge Amazing. like yeah. Yeah, yeah the life of brian was because my dad was um was an when i was growing up he was an evangelical christian preacher right so great crack in my cat right <laughs> that's a mouthful yeah <laughs> i know yeah yeah but so we were like we were brought up and like really religious you know happy i have decided to follow jesus you know them lot right but <laughs> <laughs> but it was like real american <laughs> kind of christian vibes but I remember going to the next door neighbors, watching the life of Brian and seeing all this blasphemous stuff. And I think it was 11 or something. I was like literally tears streaming down my face at Mary going, he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. It was, like, <laughs> it was so good. They were Imagine saying that about God. I know. Like, <laughs> Christ. It's like it was unbelievable. That is amazing about those types of shows that you can still laugh at them now in the way that you did when like you were a kid. There was a scene in it. I remember he had a sketch. Uh, it was one of those animated sketches that they used to do when it was like a tree. Right. And like these leaves used to fall off the tree and they, they used to voice the leaves like, mom, mom, mommy. And like they'd have like this really <laughs> dramatic scream as they're falling from the tree to hit the ground. <laughs> and just silly. It was just, it's just simple but hilarious. So do you think that kind of was like nearly like your schooling or something like that, that you kind of were doing your studies in that, I suppose? Yeah, like I don't know. I don't know, like I definitely think it was, it helps the awakening mm-hmm. of yeah. the comedy, um, like the comedy streak in me. Like I didn't know I had it until I started coming out of my shell in secondary school. Um, yeah, th- that was actually really weird because when I think back now to primary school, like it wasn't until around fifth or sixth class I started kind of like making friends that understood. Right how um, quirky I could be. I never had a chance to kind of shine like that. So what do you think What then, do you think yeah. happened there? Was it just you happened to be in a different group or you just started making jokes and realising you were funny or? I definitely think it was um, because I remember I was in the same class up until like fifth class and then we started getting mixed with these other kids from like another class. Right. And it was really weird because, you know, you grow up with like a group of kids and all of a sudden these new kids in the class yes. and everyone's a bit weird around yeah, each other. Yeah. Um, but I actually bumped into one of my good friends, Noel, who I still hang around with today. I actually go traveling with him a lot. Okay. Um, and he's actually really funny. And he was he was kind of like pulled at that, uh, that quirkiness okay. out of me. Like we used to like reenact ads okay. um, on the telly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He was like, and you do the ad, do the ad. And I used to act and stuff like what that. Ad yeah. was it? It was a it was a Gillette ad and it was like new styling gel. But I used to like do the voice and everything, and I used to like get warm and like cake my hair back to my scalp, and <laughs> it was just it was just really silly at the time. Yeah. But thinking now, like yeah. So you're going you're going through <laughs> secondary school, and like all of us are thinking, you know, when you have to do your junior cert, your leaving cert, and all that kind of stuff, and you have to start thinking about after school. At that age, your junior cert, your leaving cert, what were you thinking you were going to do? Did you have any idea? Yeah, well, like I said, like comedy didn't even cross my mind. I just thought I had to go and go to college and get a nine to five job like everyone else. Mm. But what happened was I really, I really loved business studies and skill. Right. And um, I did really well in that and the leave insert. And I do think that I have a very inno- innovative mindset because I mean, I work for myself now, yes, you know, yeah, so yeah. but I 
I originally wanted to do creative digital media and tell IT because I did love like the media, journalism, mm. um, TV and stuff like mm. that. And I needed to get like a, a C3 and higher level English and I got like a D1. Like how, how do you God fail damn. English? <laughs> How do, you, how do you fail like your forced fluent language? Like, you know I mean? But it probably had to learn <laughs> off all these poets and all that shit, was it? Oh, it's just it's just ridiculous. Sylvia yeah, Plath like, and all that. It was, back, it was back when I didn't know how to use a comma. So, yeah. like. <laughs> but anyway, um, then my second choice was advertising because I was like, right, if I don't get to do creative digital media, at least there's an, an, an element of creativity and advertising. Yeah. Um, which I learned was only a small part of the course. <laughs> right, okay. Um, and yeah, it was the last year of college I started doing the videos then and it was it was around the time where I started feeling like I just, I don't think this is the course for me. So sorry, as what, much what, what, as, like, what course did you end up on in the end? Oh, sorry, advertising. You I did, did end advertising, up in advertising, yeah. okay, right. Yeah, um, and you know, the first two years were great and then it just got to the stage where you know you're in a job that you don't like and you're just waking up every day being like, I can't believe I have to go in here. That's that's how yeah, I felt. Yeah, yeah. I was starting to turn up late and stuff. Yeah. But again, still at the time, I thought that I wouldn't be able to make money off the videos. I thought it was just a hobby. So, so I ended in up doing college a of you were doing the videos? The last year okay. of college I started doing it, right, yeah. So right. I would have finished college in the summer of 2015. I started the videos in December 2014. And you shut up, you're making me feel old now. <laughs> <laughs> 2015, you finished college, Jesus. It's okay, nobody has a birthday this year. We get led away with it next year. We, we can... <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so I left then and I did a couple of internships that summer in places that I just absolutely hated. Right. I just hated being wait. I just felt I was being wasted sitting at a desk. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. I was like, I actually, you know, like other people would, would be completely content with with doing that every day, and that that's fine. That's them. But to me, I just felt like I was a, uh, I was trapped and stuff. Mm. And I, I still felt that I needed a job. I mean, I, I was only making a hundred quid a week at that internship. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it was tough going, and I was like, I mean, what do I do? And and then I remember the final internship I did. I actually worked in a great place. It's across from the Tree Arena in the company of Huskies it's called and everyone in that office was just absolutely lovely they were a creative agency mm-hmm. and I remember they weren't going to keep me on um, they were they never promised that they were going to keep me yeah. on anyway and it was October 2017 and it was the same month that I did my first stand up gig right. and I said to myself I was like right I can either keep doing these internships or get a proper job in an office and hate it or I can actually bite the bullet and just go self employed right and do something that I love. And it was around that time as well where um, another agent contacted me who I still work with today. He actually gets me all my like branded deals okay. and stuff on videos. Yeah. And yeah, he started offering me a bit of work then. And I was like, right, well, That's here we go. The future's starting to look bright. And then my actual manager who, Vinny, Vinny yeah. he contacted me then in January 2018. And the rest is history. That's amazing. But how, so how old mm. were just when you made that decision from the internship, which is a difficult place, man, because I remember like I dropped out of school. So 17, 18, 19, I was working in carpentry apprenticeships and I was fucking miserable. But I hadn't a clue of anything in a creative world at all because it wasn't in it mm. wasn't in, 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 in my world at all. But so you're just drop you're finishing college and you're so you're young, what, 22, 23? Yeah, so I went into college when I was 18 in the set. I was 18 going into college and I was 19 in, in the October in my fourth year. Yeah. So I would have been about uh, 20, 21, 20, 23 finishing college right. and then... And the internships. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that. So, wait, does that sound right? Yeah, no, yeah, I started the videos right, yeah. then when yeah. I was when I was around twenty three, twenty four. So at, and at, that, at, at, at that age, you knew uh, that's so confident and it's so great, and obviously it's scary at the same time as well. But what yeah, a great move! Yeah, there was a a lot of hesitation. Mm. I mean, firstly, I still lived at home, so I was like, okay, it's not like I have a mortgage to pay, mm-hmm. which like some people are stuck in that position, mm. and that's why they have to commit themselves to a nine to five job, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. can't actually. Um, you know, going to a career that they love. But um, yeah, I was like, right, I still live at home. Um, I, I wasn't driving at the time. And I just had to say, say to myself, okay, like it's going to be tough for the first year. Like I'm not going to make that much. But I know, I do believe in my ability and look how well the videos are doing. Like I'm not just kind of some blowing that's only going to be a flash in the pan. Yeah. Like I had to believe in myself. I had to tell myself that there was going to be a bright future. And there was in the end. Like I remember I used to actually drive by Vicar Street every day going into those internships. And I was like, I'm going to perform in there one day. No way. And then I did. No yeah, way. it was so surreal. Like, oh, that is amazing. And you fucking hell. Yeah. That's so huge. Because you've like, just to tell the listeners again who don't know, how many Vicar Streets have you done now? You've done a few, haven't you? So I've done five to date, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I've done four, and then I was due to do two yes. before the pandemic hit. I was due. And I was due yeah. to go to it. Oh, were yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. <laughs> no <laughs> what can way. You do? I think it was a Saturday, March. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just that's been pushed back like three, to, like twice, and oh, yeah. so confusing. But yeah, uh, like if I had done those two shows, I would have performed there six times and three of them would have been solo where I'm just on my own on stage for 90 minutes the first two times first three times I was uh, I had like a, a cast with me like three actors and I was in character okay okay Um, and then I was doing a bit of stand up um, at them shows as well like just to give people a taste yes and the the best parts of the show ended up being the stand up. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the feedback I got. Not that the sketches were shit now, but just like that the stand up more. It in that in that environment more. Just sorry for people who don't know, because we have quite a few listeners in the USA. Vicar Street is um, kind of if you're a comedian in Ireland, it's kind of the ultimate. Uh, venue that you want to play it's like the dream like I'm dreaming of it you know you'd, everybody dreams to get to a Vicar Street which is like I think it's like 1200 p- people at holes or something like that but it's just the best venue because there's obviously the three arena there's way bigger places but this is such a beautiful setting to do comedy in isn't it yeah it's so intimate and like I talked to like I remember I was talking to Tommy Tiernan before um, no big deal we were out <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were at the the Vodafone Comedy Festival I actually supported him last year wow that was very surreal in Vicar Street um, not, not in Vicar Street it was at the Vodafone Comedy okay. Festival so he was headlining yes. the big tent yeah, yeah. Um, the gas station I think yes, it's called yeah, yeah. and I was literally on right before him. So, like, there was four acts on the bill and I was on before him. So, yeah, that was, like, nerve-wracking. Mm. But I have to say, you know, I'd say 90% of the people there were there to see him. Like, mm. and I actually got an amazing reception. I was delighted with it. I was so nervous, oh. like, so nervous. Of course. But he, he had said to me that he would rather play... T- 15 or 16 nights in Vicar Street yes. than do one tree arena. Mm. Yeah. Because... It's, it's, I don't know, I've seen comedians in the tree arena, like, you know, people that you obviously really do want to go see mm. and they're not going to perform in Vicar Street. Like, Ricky Gervais isn't going to perform in Vicar Street yeah. at this stage in his career, you know, yeah. but you just feel like you're watching a DVD. Yeah, you know, definitely, far back. definitely. I saw I saw Bill Burr in the three arena and thought the same thing. It's just like, wow, I'd be, 
it was still amazing to be there and you still get a lot of live stuff that happens um that you totally wouldn't get if you're watching the dvd like his reaction to a heckle or something like that but yeah i, I get it but vicar street is different because no matter where you're sitting in vicar street you feel like you're so close to the to the performer mm. um, and it feels like that as well when you're on stage it's 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 so intimate, like, and you, you can see the back of the room. Like, I can see my family sitting up on yes. the balcony when I'm yeah, on stage. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so weird. Like, and I have to say, it's just yeah, yeah. I've I've felt that as well. Like, I'm lucky to have been. Pl- I played compilation shows there, or support open for somebody at Vicar Street, and it's not. It's weirdly not intimidating. It's lovely to go out into, isn't it? It's it's it by far my favorite stage to be on. Like, from from I've done a lot of shows now in the past couple of years, and it's still just breathtaking mm. when you're on stage, and you could just literally say shit and like everyone just <laughs>, laughs like it's just it's, it's it's just like the the atmosphere it just provokes more laughter like it's it's weird do you so how if you were to just describe your comedy to somebody who's not from again like for the US or for the UK or something like that how would you describe it because there's something I absolutely fucking I know I'm too much of a fanboy now but I, I'm such a big fan of it but there's something very Irish about what it is that you do but very Dublin as well isn't there mm. so like I would be very dramatic in describing stories you know like like really exaggerate them to the point where that didn't happen but if it did it would be fucking hilarious yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah, what yeah. I mean <laughs> like one of my jokes is um, actually from from my my new material now about the corona. I was like, you know, when this all came out, I thought it was going to be end, the end of the world. It was being made out like it was the end of the world, yeah. like it was Armageddon. Yeah. And and from watching movies, the end of the world is shops getting robbed, cars getting burned out, people eating each other at the side of the road. Yeah. Like, yeah, and yeah. what did we get? A bunch of fucking idiots queuing outside alley to buy a poxy barbecue. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, like it was yeah. just. And then, uh, yeah, like it's just re- really like I, I talk about how like we name the storms in this country, like Storm Ophelia, Storm Hannah, Storm Gertrude. Like, why are they all primary school teachers? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to name a storm, I wanted to put the fear of God into me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it's it's really like I just take the piss out of Irish culture and... <laughs> Have you any? Have you any asked for? Do would you like to go and bring that to the UK or go to the US as well, or or what's your aspirations for your comedy? Yeah, well, you you would definitely have to tailor it. Like if I was to go, like <laughs> I say, like a lot, I say a lot of Americans at this stage are just like, I can't understand what she's even <laughs> saying. Like <laughs> I do get that sometimes. Like uh, I was in the laughter lounge one night, and there was this guy from Hackney. And he was outside and I, I was just doing my set. So I walked, I walked out and I walked by him and he's like, were you speaking French in there? And I was like, what is that? I just couldn't understand. Like, you just couldn't understand me. Right. But I I would have to adapt to obviously, you know, speak a bit slower. And I don't know, like it's, I'd have to watch a couple of, um couple of clubs like on YouTube um over in the States and, and see how people see how the comedians, like what type of material they use and what the Americans would respond mm. well to and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever performed over in America? Not in America, no. I was uh, I was on Instagram Live the other night and uh, there was a couple of guys in New York who were inviting me over and I was like, if I get a couch to stay on, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Katie Boyle is over there as well. She does the Shift podcast with Des Bishop and um, she's invited me over. So I'd love to as well. I have no idea, yeah. You, it's one of those things that you kind of just have to go over and feel it out and kind of figure it out i suppose i started in england so i've i know 
how that works a little bit. Like London is completely different to Liverpool, for example. Um, so it's uh, it's just a diff. It can be a different vibe in London, where the Hot Water Comedy Club in Liverpool is one of my favorite rooms to ever play. And then I've never been. Oh, uh, I went it. to see our, that guy. What's his name? Paul. Is yeah, it? Paul Smith. That's right. Yeah. It's Paul. I went to see him in the Olympia. Now he wasn't my cup of tea, you know. But like he had like the the room on their backs, like you yeah, know. Yeah. He, there's obviously that's one thing I've learned now since getting into comedy I would never call another comedian shit yes. like they're obviously very good at they do if they can sell out arenas yes. or, or sell out venues yes. I mean they're just not my cup of tea that's the way I look at it yeah, you know I, 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 th- I think people are too too um, I don't I think people in general comedy goers are not uh, accepting enough of, of that because it's like anything in life somebody likes cheese and onion tato somebody likes salt and vinegar so you know that's okay if you don't like the cheese and onion if it's okay if you don't like the comedian but the, for some reason there's this culture out there of slating somebody because you don't like them I don't get that at all I see it all the time on a you know certain pages on Facebook like news news sites um, that would you know they'd probably publish something about like who's on the Late Late Show this week and you know me myself and your name could be on it and you'll just get a lot of people in the comment section who yeah, yeah. sorry who are these yeah. like it's it's just it's so like are you really that miserable <laughs> that's just what I hate about this country like there's a lot of begrudgers they just like like I said it's all subjective I mean if you don't enjoy it that's fine yes. I don't expect everyone to love me but like there's no need to be so vocal about it yeah there's no there's no need to, yeah there's the, it's okay to not like something. Yes, you're right. But you don't have to get angry. Number one, <laughs> and number <laughs> like we had a we had a review. We read it out on the podcast on the on the podcast with Des and Joanne, and somebody gave us a one star rating and ranted on about something that Joanne had said. Or and I was just like, chill out. You've you've sat there on your phone typing away, going and giving these a fucking one star review because she said this about dogs in China or whatever it was. And it's just like, calm down. <laughs> Like there's always going to be someone you're going to offend, and 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 it's it's horrible that that's the world that we live in now. But like, I mean, it's it's just it's ridiculous. Like sometimes, I found now since I started doing uh, like bigger venues like Vicar Street, yes. and the videos started going more viral. Like I'm afraid to even like go outside five kilometers. Like not that I would, but I mean five point one kilometers mm. during this pandemic. If somebody wants to catch in it. Case, yeah, yeah <laughs> like that's what it's like and it's 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 horrible it's a horrible way to live and my boyfriend like he we're together like 12 years and like he kind of gets a bit annoyed and he's like Enya like you have to stop thinking you're Beyonce and I'm like I don't think I'm Beyonce that's funny fucking hell like I, I, I remember we were actually standing in a queue for Eddie Rockets going back last year um, <laughs> I don't know it, was, it would have been around Christmas time and like it was absolutely rammed and I can get like kind of self-conscious sometimes like someone might just be looking at me and it might just be like you know they could just like the top that I'm wearing yes, or something yeah. and I constantly think it's the paparazzi oh my God, like they do they know who I am like am I actually okay looking um is my skin okay is my hair okay what if they go back to their friends tomorrow and say I seen Anya Martin and Eddie Rockets and she was in bits okay like, yeah, 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 yeah. that's the way I do think do you, like it's horrible do you think that's a little bit more would you be a, a bit more self-conscious of that because you're a woman and you think people are are judging on your look or other girls are judging how you look or is that just you in general or it's it's gone by these um I'll tell you when I start feeling really kind of vulnerable when those Instagram pages came out where they just started criticizing every blogger, influencer, 
um, you know, a public figure in the country. Do you remember? Mm. It was like Bloggers Unveiled or no, something okay, like right, that. No, okay, I missed that. Right, okay. So they st- people started actual websites to criticize people. Yeah, there was this Instagram page set up called Bloggers Unveiled and it was an anonymous person behind it. But basically, they used to just open up the floor to people who would just send in messages, you know, seeing Stephen down in Little today and, you know, say you you were this huge influencer. Seeing Stephen down in Little today, um, her kid, his kid was absolutely running amok, disgraceful, like she's supposed to pa- he's supposed to parent his child properly. Like these were the type of things that you would get. Jesus. And then I seen another blogger who got married. Um, she got married abroad and you know she had a couple of clips up on her insta story of like them partying in the house she had rented a villa and there was people just sending messages in being like i would absolutely hate to be cleaning up the house after them like who does she think she is she doesn't even own the place like people just being so bitter yeah yeah so bitter and like you know what do they always say haters always hate the people they can't be or the things Mm. they can't have like it's it's there's definite there's definite jealousy going on as well it's a horrible way to live. Yeah, yeah. it's a day because like I, I, I find um, it's kind of can be the same in London as well. That if you're successful, that people kind of want to take you down a peg for some reason. But if we were in the US, if you're successful, it's like right on, fair play to you, keep going, blah blah blah. And it's uh, it's it is a pity. You're right. It's a pity that that culture is here. You know. Like I used to be in a group um, on Facebook. I don't know whether you're in it now. I left. I won't say the name of the group. Um, it's this uh, Facebook group based on a very famous cartoon in the US. Uh, it's been running years and years. Um, but basically they make memes oh. from the cartoon and apply it to like topical stuff going on in the country. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so they would take scenes from the show and then like apply it to something that's made like current events and that. Right. But they actually were slaying um, a group of comedians on it there recently and I, I left the group after that. I was like, this is, there was a couple of people in the comment section be like, you don't need to be bashing people like this. There's just no need for it. If you don't like them, just mm. just leave it at that. Like, yeah. There's no need to be making up memes and, and just being horrible. But yeah, they were just making up memes and, and just laying into people who, who I would know and who I'm actually very fond of and I'm like, you can't like take people like this at face value and think that they're horrible people. Like they're they're just trying to make a living. They're just trying to make people laugh. Like mm. live and let live. These people think that um their opinion is the only right one. Yes. And the people who they find funny are the only people who are funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's it's quite annoying. So I I just left the group after that. I was like, this is I actually hate Ireland. I actually hate Ireland so much. <laughs> Do you really? So would you like? Would you like to? like career wise if you had the opportunity to be someone else do you think you would like to or do that or I I don't know like I've never lived in another country so I don't know like what the I mean is that typical behaviour in every country where people just set up groups and lay into successful people I mean I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure it happens all over the world in general but I get what you mean like I personally struggled coming back to Ireland from living in London for years and because the nature of the fact that it is smaller that that adds an element of nearly like do you know when the family are always rowing you know because we've spent too much time at home or whatever like that and the kids are fighting with each other bigger and everyone fucking hates each other blah there's a little bit of that going on because it's so small whereas like you could live in one borough of London like I lived in the borough of Hackney for example that has more a uh, higher population than Dublin or close enough to it but there's 30 something boroughs in London so it's that big it's that diverse there's people from all over the world that 
people tend to not give a fuck where you're from or, you know, what you do or blah, 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 blah. But I think in Ireland, because it's a little bit smaller, it can get a bit nitty gritty and bitchy and bitey mm-hmm. and uh, jealousy. You know, it it is an unfortunate bit of it, all right, yeah. I mean, like, there's a guy as well on Facebook, uh, Ty Fleming, you know yeah, him, do I you? Yeah, I love Ty Fleming, yes. Yeah, I, I love him as well. And he's, he's just so completely harmless. Yes. And his, 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 his comedy, like, it's so kid-friendly. Yes. And, you know, he's, he's shot up. Like, his, his, his stats have shot up. And, and like, he's very funny. You'll, yeah, and you'll still get people being like, how has this guy, like, got this many followers? How? And it's like, because there's people out there that find him fucking funny. Like, Alexa. get over it. <laughs> yeah. Alexa, how does Ty Fleming have so many followers? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good impression. He's, but, uh, he's fucking, he is so funny. I remember coming across him on TikTok and it's just like, this is amazing. And even my girlfriend's from Portugal. Do you know what I mean? She pisses herself laughing watching at that. Just funny is funny. <laughs> you know? I know. Like, it's, it's, it's. It's. I don't know what the word word would be for these people who think that, you know, they're only entitled to say who's funny and who's not. But like, it's, it's just a horrible way to live. And 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 I've always read like really good quotes online about people like this. And you know, you'll never know the way of a rock until you pick it up. Mm. So that and and it just means like don't respond to these people. Don't mm. give them the satisfaction. Like let 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 your success do the talking. Mm. And and. What Absolutely. did he say? Love me, love me or hate me, are still talking about me. So it fills me with great pleasure when I see people like that, um, you know, wasting their time. Preach, at home. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. You're absolutely so right. On the positive side, though, I what I've noticed about you on social media is that you seem to have a, re- and it's, I think it's lovely, you seem to have a really good relationship with your fans. Yeah, do you think so? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm just seeing you, you, your side. Obviously, I don't know what they say back, but you really, I love how you talk on Instagram stories. I love your vibe. It's very like, you know, it's personable. You feel like you have a relationship with them, and uh, I can see everybody, all your fans, writing back to that and wanting to talk to you. You know, I mean, it's really, I find it really cool. But how do you find your relationship with your fans? Oh, I love what I do, and and you know what? I'm like I said, I'm lucky that I don't get a lot of trolling because I'm not out to offend anyone, mm. which is you know one part not to attract that type of attention. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky. I have some like a lot of really lovely people who follow me, and you do notice um, a trend of the kind of same people who would always comment back and uh, reply to your stories, and I nearly know them by name now, like yes. and and that's good, yeah. you know. I'm I'm always waiting for their response and. I love like seeing the comment section and interacting with people and stuff. And yeah, at, at the end of the day, like I, I wouldn't have this platform if it wasn't for them. Mm. And like so, some mornings I wake up and like I, I remember I got my room done up there last year and like I just like literally got it, got all like loads of modern stuff in it. We got, got a new TV and everything and I just new laptop, new phone. And I, and I do just look around at it sometimes. And I'm like, if my fans didn't come and see me, I wouldn't have the money to look after myself. Mm. And that's why I'm so thankful. Yes. And grateful, like they they are literally the reason why I can sit here and talk to you, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that, that that's what I mean. That's a, a, a fantastic and beautiful attitude to have um, to be to be grateful to them. And I, I definitely can feel that. I can see that. I have to. Um, unfortunately, I'll be honest, because everyone, all my fans know is I have to wrap it up because I have to do my therapy soon. But um, 
It's okay. Everybody I knows. I thought this was like a. I thought it was my therapy. Now. Sorry, <laughs> you'd make a great therapist, then you. But um, <laughs> le- you, you probably wouldn't forget about me because that happens with my therapist. Right? <laughs> She's like, "Oh, sorry, is it today? Sorry about that. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry about that, Simon. It's Stephen. Okay. <laughs> but um, your plans for the future, because you were ta- saying that you're, for example, I know it's a cheeky question, but your boyfriend says you're not Beyonce, but is he going to put a ring on it? <laughs> Uh, no I I don't think so anytime soon we always said we'd want to get a house for us but look I would get down on one knee myself but you know what men are like oh while you're down there but um (laughs) Jesus so you think it's you think it's the house first Oh, de- I definitely would rather have a house. Yeah, I, I, I just find I know in the olden days it was traditional to get married and still live in separate houses, but now I'm, I'd like everything under the one roof. Yeah, well, that I mean that's the same with my missus. She's not interested in a wedding at all. So, I know. Really, yeah, look at yeah. you. <laughs> I know, but I f- sometimes I feel like I'm the, the f- I mean I don't mean to be stereotypically offensive, but I feel like I'm the female kind of going. What do you think about marriage? And she's like, ugh, piece of paper. I'm like, Jesus, that is harsh. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, she doesn't. I mean, we have a kid, so I mean, that's as that's as you know. You're not gonna go. Yeah, I mean, that's that's enough a, enough of a, a commitment, a bond, isn't it, to keep you together? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> or drive you apart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so there's no there's no ring in it. And what's for the future of your comedy when the lockdown is finished? Hope Vicar Street in October. Please God, uh, it'll be happening. And what's the plans for the comedy in the next couple of years? What do you want to be doing? I just, I want to, I know I might sound really vain, but I do want to be like one of the greats that goes down in, in the history of Irish comedy. Like I want to be, in years to come, I want to be like Brendan Gleeson or, you know, like just yeah, yeah. just one of them names that you bring up when you're talking about that. Brandy but man. I know it's, it's probably going to take about 20 years to achieve that. But like, look, I'm I'm willing to work for it. Absolutely. That's, it's, it's all about just putting the graft in, isn't it? Just in 20 years time, looking back and going, you won't even be 50 in 20 years, and you fuck off. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll still, be, you'll still be, you'll be in your 40s and killing it. Well, that's an amazing oh, goal I to have. Yeah, well, I'm glad. That, that's why I'm glad I bit the bullet when I was young, so I can utilize my youth as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, I thank you so much. I'm sorry you have to, I'd love to keep chatting to you. Maybe we'll do it again another time. But thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute joy to talk to you. No worries, had a blast myself. Thank you so much. And um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was any. Oh, do you want to plug anything? What's your your, your page? Is Giz a Laugh on Instagram? Giz a Laugh Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, if you want to kind of get some context as to what we were discussing here, I'm on YouTube as well. YouTube as well. All right. Thank you so much, Enya. Thanks, Dave. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The wonderful Enya Martin. Follow her on all the social media. If you want a good laugh, follow at Gizalaugh, G-I-Z-A-Laugh on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Oh, she's absolutely wonderful. And hopefully we'll have her back on the show again. And hopefully when all this palaver ends, you'll all be able to go see her live in Vicar Street. I know I will be there. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have time for this week. But I always have time to say thank you. Thanks to everybody here who has come to listen to the show. Uh, and if you can do, it would mean a lot to me if you share it on your social medias uh, about the show. Thank you to all the patrons. I will have something new for you on Friday as well. 
Thank you to the man who helped me out on the show. Thanks to Leon Vaughn, who's sitting on the front porch in the sun in sunny downtown Sumter, South Carolina. Thanks again for the music to my man, Rob Kearns. We've got an amazing show lined up for you next week. We've got a doctor of music therapy is coming on to talk to us about the work that he does. You can get in touch with me. Send me a message on Instagram at HelloStevo or Twitter or TikTok or Facebook. It's Stephen Mullen Comedy. Thanks so much for coming along for the ride, ladies and gentlemen. I will talk to you soon. Be safe, take care and love each other loads. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.